Right. Are we actually going to do it this time? Yes. Okay. You sound so unhappy about that. Hello and welcome. We do like two or three good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I, Brett. (laughs) And this is Fools with Souls, a podcast for the uh, independent Inca. Yeah, nailed Uh, it. Yeah, there we go. Only the 12th time. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? Uh, Al, what have you been up to? Not much. <laughs> 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 um, so, <laughs> do you want to explain that one? Yeah, no, that was just that was just for you guys. Um, okay. Let me take you on a on an adventure, on a journey. Let's let's dial the, the clock back two years and a bit to um, before the Hack Shack was built, and I had a greenhouse. And it got blown down in the the great storm of of whatever year that was, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, the great the great storms of two thousand and seventeen. My greenhouse got blown away, and everything in the garden got ruined. Uh, and that's why I ended up building the workshop. Um, but as collateral to the said storm, all the fences in my garden got blown down. And in the two years since that happened, neither my next door neighbour or my landlady, who are both responsible for said fence, have done fuck all about it. Um, so this morning, uh, it was the, my first Saturday off, if you will. Um, and it was also the first time that the council collect all the garden waste. So, cause like basically they don't collect it over the winter. So when spring comes that they start collecting garden waste again. So I had a, a, a morning of cleaning all the shit out of the garden. And then I decided once I cleaned all the shit out, I could actually pick up the old fence panels, smash them to pieces, bit of demo work. Hey. And now I've got like. Half my garden back because basically for two years there's just been this collapsed garden back. Got my garden back. <laughs> this collapsed fucking fence because there's just two incompetent people who were responsible for it. Didn't do anything about it. So I decided to do something about it, and and totally cleared it all out. Um, dug new foundations, and it's just ready to for hopefully them to pay for someone to come and put a fucking <laughs> new fence in, or at least buy me the material so I'll do it. Uh, which there I've said go. to them, which I've said to them several times, but they, they seem to think. Putting up a fence is some sort of magical thing that only professional fence putter uppers can do. Um, if but, if yeah. you end up doing that yourself, <laughs> will you promise me ahead of time that you do the the Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz fence <laughs> jump with it? I'll will definitely do the home improvement owl thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I will also do the uh, the 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 Cornetto trilogy fence jump. Cornetto, good stuff. But yeah, so it's been a day of. Chores, mainly fixing lawnmowers so the lawnmower works, mowing the grass, digging shit up, smashing up fence panels, going to the tip, um, uh, cleaning the car, doing the washing up, drinking drinking beer. Proper adult weekend. Nice little Saturday. Yeah. Well well done, you. Uh, So, Brett, have you done any adulting? That was an, uh, an old school reference for Brett. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Maybe we'll go to Bed Bath Me on. I don't know. You guys don't even have Bed Bath Me on. Um, yes. So I'm on the last week before Jim gets back in town, and then we start classes, and then I have the class in Cleveland, and then Maker Central. So the next couple of weeks are going to fly by really quick, and I'm trying to make sure that the ducks are in a row, as it were. Um, I'm actually, by the time this episode goes out, I'm hoping to post it tomorrow morning. Um, but I got a challenge thrown at me from Black Bear Forge, which oh a few of my commenter follower folks, um, directed me towards. And if you go watch the video, um, I guess it started with some guy in Australia and he started challenging people to show off their quench tank and everyone was having a bunch of fun with it. So Everyone's like reaching into their quench bucket and pulling out, you know, full size hammers and scrap bits and all kinds of silliness. Uh, and I wasn't necessarily planning on doing it because I, I was trying to think of a build around it. And I was like, oh, fuck that. I don't really care. It's just for fun. And it's a little yeah. bit of the community aspect of it. So I shot a little video. I'm going to post it tomorrow morning just for funds. Nice. It was good. So I shot that amidst. Um, the weather being a real shit right now because it can't decide whether or not it wants to be warm. Um, I, yeah, had my shirt, I, had my shirt off, I had my shirt off today in the garden 
because it was glorious. Uh, and yes, and yes, it didn't happen. Yesterday it was snowing. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it snowed yesterday, and today it's it's pretty warm outside. Weather talk. Um, yes. Other than that, um, all of the all of the main projects that I've been wanting to get done while Jim's been gone are ninety percent of the way done. I want to do another clean sweep or two, hopefully before he gets back. But then the next few days, uh, up until this weekend, are going to be prepping for the class, getting all the materials in, setting up, making sure everything runs properly. And it's it's been a lot of work by myself, just getting stuff done, but that's what we do. And that's also what I am supposed to do. That's kind of like <laughs> what I do in the shop. So it's it's been really good. It's been nice actually just having the whole shop to myself and being able to make very directed decisions on this is going to happen now because I am in control of it. And I am the only one here. Okay, we do the thing now. <laughs> um, it's good. Just lots of stuff going on. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. I think it's going to be a whirlwind. And it's going to fly by. But then by the time we get to Maker Central, it's going to be great. Yeah, great. Steve, <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, I uh, Earlier on in the week... Um, before I went back on shift, I managed to go and spend some time with Joe collecting a load of uh, applewood. Conkers. Oh. Conkers. Oh, no. Wrong time of year for that. Um, yeah, no. So we uh, we went and cut up a load of uh, applewood, which meant that, that I then had a land. Yeah, no, my house, my fucking house smells of it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Did I send you the picture of the air freshener that I made? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just filled the cup hold up with sawdust. It was great. Um, but yeah, so uh, I then ended up with a, a Land Rover full of wood uh, that I had nowhere to put because the workshop was full of shit. Um, so I ended up uh, going into basically one wall of the workshop is uh, where Beryl, the, the building owner, uh, stores a load of her stuff. But there's been a load of like wood that's half rotten and crap like that that's been uh lent up against the wall that's been taken out up a uh what are you doing brett <laughs> um, uh yeah it's been just taken up a load of uh room so i ended up going in and i've been speaking for months trying to for fuck's sake trying to get uh a couple of friends to come over and give me a hand and cut up the um uh all the crap wood that's there because it needs a chainsaw or something to go through it like it it's not something i'd easily be able to do with any of the tools that i had um and none of them ever had time when i was free um so ended up going over to my dad's to uh pick some other stuff up realized that he had an electric chainsaw outside nabbed that and uh managed to go through all of that uh, would myself, which then meant that I could completely rearrange the workshop, got rid of a load of other shit as well. And I've now got like an extra few square feet of workshop space. Um, nice. Yeah. That was funnily funnily enough, Steve, I was chainsawing up apple wood today as well. Oh, really? Yeah, a bit of pruning on the old apple trees and nice. some of it needed a bit of chainsaw action. So, snap. Jinx. Please, hey, please tell me you did it with the cricket bat, though. Oh, it's a bit clunky, that. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit uh it's a bit kickbacky oh. <laughs> with, with, with the old song of the dead yeah but uh but yeah no so it, it ended up being because i just kind of went fuck it you know what i'm just gonna do this myself um it was it what it didn't go quite as smoothly as i'd have hoped but it just meant that it was done and then i could just crack on with everything else and now the workshop's looking a hundred times better. I've got more space. I've been able to put a couple more tools in, no. and things are just better. So, can um, you can you use the apple wood? Is it like good for handles? Well, uh, this is the thing: is or turning the, the smaller bits. Um, we at the workshop we tend to save the small bits for for handles, and because I've got a load of uh, apple wood from my trees that I've saved for handles, uh, the smaller stuff from this batch. Um, we're actually just we're using as firewood um, because we need heat in the workshop in the winter. So we've got all that seasoning for uh, this winter. 
Um, but I've I've actually got one of the tree trunks because the reason we were harvesting it is Joe is doing his I can't remember what level it is, but it's like a master bow makers course. So this year he's got to make twenty four bows, and as it turns out, fruit wood is really really good for bow making. Um, so we were going through, and it's quite cool because he was explaining there's how a, there's a William Tell joke in there, but I can't, <laughs> I can't get to it quick enough. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was quite good because he was like explaining uh, about how uh, for for bow making specifically how you cut the wood and why you do it like this and which parts are good and and the fact that the heartwood does this and the sapwood does that and it was fucking awesome. It was really really um, interesting stuff, and it was quite nice having that kind of like educational part of the workday as well. Nice. Um, and then the bits that weren't nice, long, straight bits that he could have, I've got for either uh, there's some bits that I'm going to plank up, some bits that I'm going to um, see if I can get a turning blank out of to give to a couple of people. Um, and the rest of it, I'm keeping myself for going in the smoker that I'm going to be building very soon. Nice. So, uh, nice. Yeah. Don't, for- don't put in the smoker. Um, fence panels of tree no. wood because no. i was burning those today in the garden and yeah <laughs> got a bit sick yeah it's not, <laughs> it's not nice that is <laughs> good lord um, my barbecue got so hot that my the chain that i've got attached to it melted and so did the handle on the on the barbecue and some of the planks fell out and set fire to my barbecue cover so it was it was a very destructive day sounds like a very owl day there was lots of uh, plastic fumes yeah, it's not nice. <laughs> Don't breathe them in. Um, but yeah, that kind of uh, nicely leads us into the topic, which is, um, well, not that. Yes, shut up, Brett. <laughs> I was wearing PPE. I was wearing a mask before you go all fucking turning your I... angle grinders upside down on me. <laughs> I had a mask who, on. Who is going to have a go at you about that? Probably Brett. Uh, what? <laughs> Mr. Fucking Safety. Mr. Quench Tank. (laughs) (laughs) What? What mood are you in today? This is fantastic. Very tired. (laughs) Keep it going, Steve. Come on. (laughs) You're halfway through your segue. This is uh, this is very tired, and I'd guess two beers in. Uh, It's been a long day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was up at four. Oh, that's been a very long day then. Uh, yeah, so this uh, all leads us nicely into the segue of... Uh, oh, fuck, I can't remember how you put it now. But basically, if you want a job done right, do it yourself. Um, Are you sure done right or just done? Oh, uh, yeah. That, done, that yeah. One. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely not done right. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of times where uh, we all had a situation this week where you know, where we've been waiting on someone else and waiting on them has been a case of either it's not got done for whatever reason. So sometimes there are times where you just need to just crack on and do it yourself. There, obviously there's times where you do need to wait for someone else, but generally I think, and I, to be perfectly honest, I think that's kind of part of being a maker is the fact that you kind of, it's almost a necessity to, to go, actually, you know what? I'm not going to wait for, someone else to come and give me a quote to make that thing for me i'm just going to go make it myself like that's it, it's one of the the founding principles of the kind of maker movement of just oh, fuck it i'll do it and um yeah is it is it a, is it a waiting thing then or is it like a <clears throat> i don't have faith in you kind of thing because the waiting thing is the bit that gets me going the most of the time yeah. you know it's like it like for example um when i built a Callback when I built the the hack bench, it was with the old kitchen counter because yeah. the the landlady just had the kitchen counter, the kitchen redone, um, and the guys that came to the kitchen were fucking cowboys, like <laughs> serious, like absolute cowboys. Like none of them were talking. Like the first fix wasn't talking to the guys who came in after. Um, none of the plumbing fitted because there was just no communication. It was like amateur hour, and every every day it was like, "Oh, we haven't got that bit. We haven't got that part." It's like you come in to fit a fucking kitchen. Why have you not got that part? Like <laughs> it's a basic, simple, you know, square kitchen. There's absolutely yeah. nothing complicated about it. Um, and everything was pissing me off. Like the 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 corners that were cutting and stuff were just really amateur. Like the the laminate, they've just like totally shredded it where they've made the cuts because they didn't do it properly. Um, and everything about it was just like 
pissing me off. But you know, she probably only paid like fifteen hundred quid or something, so it was it was on the cheap. Yeah. Um. But basically, they took seven weeks to to, to fit a kitchen. Hell. I've um, seen this like your kitchen, <laughs> and it got to the point where they were just leaving parts of the kitchen outside on the driveway, and it got to the point where I just fit in myself because yeah. it was like it it was ridiculous, and like there was nothing in the sink, there was nothing fitting. I was just like, right, you know what? And I got into a lot of shit for it, and the 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 fucking the the apparently owner of this business got mental and started calling me up and being dead abusive on the phone. He's like, I've been doing this for five years. I was like, five years? That's not very long to get <laughs> yeah, in my kitchen for yeah. five years. Oh yeah, yeah. It's taken you five years to do this, you <laughs> fucking prick. Um but yeah, and he was really like getting really abusive. Then I got loads of shit off my landlady. And I was like, you know what? They they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. They'd have dragged it out and then it probably they'd probably they'd probably like like not finished it and you'd have paid them and it would have been one of them another nightmare fucking whatever they're called cowboy yeah. builders from hell or whatever and and it was it was just frustration on my part because i couldn't eat yeah and i couldn't do my washing and i couldn't clean the pots and i couldn't use the sink you know it wasn't that like i knew better it, you know i certainly wasn't going to do a better well i probably did do a better job than i would have fucking cut <laughs> i would have cut the t- the work the work tops the proper way around anyway um but yeah it was it was for me it was more of a, a, a patience thing yeah and it was like if it, it's not going to get done i need to do it myself like it may have got done eventually yeah a year down the line two years down the line um but if i wanted to eat food in my own kitchen in the house that i'm paying rent at, i had to do it myself yeah mm-hmm. and it got to that point um so yeah I'd, i think in general i'm an impatient person that's why a lot of the things i do are just like i just want to get it done i don't want it to be perfect i just want it you know i want it to work um but yeah for the 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 if you want something doing do it yourself for me is more a matter of time yeah than how good it's going to be for example yeah. I, I could never say that i'm going to do something better than anyone else so i'd never say I, i'm going to do it myself because i think it'll be better if i do it which I think a lot of people do have that opinion. I think a lot of, you know, um, certainly in my job, there's a lot of people who have that opinion. Like, yeah. oh, I better do it myself. It, it won't be proper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, yeah. it's just more a question I, of, I think I, I can't be asked to wait. Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of, it's a little bit the same. Um, it's, uh, I, I will, I'll wait on someone else and wait and wait and wait until it gets to the point where I, like breaking point where I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm doing it myself now, and it's. <laughs> but like that, that's normally a little bit down the line, and I, I, it, yeah, it tends to only be if that's then holding me up from something else. It's like my, my kitchen, um, again, kitchens. Uh, when, <laughs> oh, when I moved, kitchens. In, I know, when I moved into this place, my uh, for those of you that don't know, my brother's a uh, chippy, and um, he was uh, a rigid, uh, carpenter for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, uh, when I uh, originally moved in, uh, he said that he was going to, or he, I asked him if he would be able to help me fit a new kitchen and basically build out a custom kitchen. And he was all up for doing it. Uh, and then I ripped out the old kitchen and uh, prepared the the new room that was an entrance hallway. Um, and then three years later, there was still no kitchen and I was cooking off of a plug-in. I've got another thing. kitchen story after this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fools with kitchens um but yeah and it, so it ended up bit, getting to the point where i i at the time i didn't feel i didn't have the time to be able to do it myself because that was the thing is i was I, I didn't have time um so i ended up getting a uh or i had to borrow a lot of money to get someone else to come in and do it um because yeah because i had to get someone in last minute because basically I was in a position where I needed to rent the spare room out and I couldn't do that because I didn't have a kitchen and the spare room was still half kitchen. Um, so like the, the timing thing, like I'm much worse with it now. Like I, I will just kind of go, all right, well that's going to take them six weeks. Fuck it. I'm, I've got a free hour. I'm going to just get it started. But I think more than anything, most of the time that I do things myself is because I'm, uh, I think like I don't like asking for help um unless it's family. So I tend to kind of just go, ah, it's all right, I'll just fucking do it. Um but I'm also kind of a control freak. Mm-hmm. Um and if 
in a situation where someone's coming into the house to do something, I I constantly want to, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just help you out. I'll just get this, you know, I'll just do whatever. Um, because I don't like giving up that kind of control. Um, but also because I, I don't, again, I don't like asking people for help. I don't, I, even if I'm paying someone to do it, I uh, I still kind of feel like, you know, you know, you could come to the house and I could pay you to fit in your kitchen. And I'm or, still going to want not pay us to paint your house. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say I could pay you to paint the room. I was like, oh fuck no, that's too close to the bone. <laughs> but uh, but I'm not going to like let you do that and not be trying to help out and trying to yeah. do things sort of thing. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I think for me it's kind of it it's a little of that. And again, how, how did like, that go down then with the with the guys coming to help you at the forge? Did you get a bit like? Control freaky when people were painting OSB, or did you not give a shit? Oh no, well, no, not not really. There was, <laughs> no question uh, mark. <laughs> um, not, there was you're a, not going with the grain properly. <laughs> uh, no, there was a couple of people where like it was a bit slapdash, and I was like, I I don't care because it's a it's a workshop, but I know that Alex is really fucking particular about how things are done. Um, so like that was. Yeah, but again, it was painting OSB. You know, like, um, but there's there's certainly been times where, especially where, like when people offer to come and help out uh, in the workshop or something like that, I, I get very kind of, yeah, that would be great. But at the same time, not sure that I like, because I, and the other thing, I like doing stuff. Like that's the whole thing about being a maker. I want to do those things. Um, so it's, it's almost like someone offering to help is, is taking away my fun. Like, so yeah, I, I don't know. Brett's Brett, shooting you, himself in the head with. A I was gonna say yeah, Brett. I, I can't tell if you're wanting to talk or if you're just really concentrating. No, no, I'm just I'm listening. I like to listen. <laughs> but uh, uh, it just it it makes me think of um in a more negative light. It makes me think of my old job in the city where I I did work a desk job and it was in a marketing team for a you know, multi-million dollar a year company, whatever. Not that we were seeing any of that. <laughs> anyway, um, when we moved, we moved offices three times and I was looking for excuses to build stuff regularly for the space that we were working in. Because when you live in New York, a lot of people that have lived there for a long time will tell you, you know, if your apartment's small, that's fine. Remember that like the city is is part of your living situation or you know i had a park near me and they're like oh but you're you're getting the apartment but you could walk to the park and then you have access to the park that other people have to travel off for anyway all that being said i kind of treated the office as another space since i spent so much time there it was i cared a lot about the aesthetic of it and i wanted to try and help because we were a small business when we started out and we had 10 people in the office and it was just a big open loft space and so there'd always be a fight for, you know, what kind of tables, what kind of tables are trendy people getting? Oh, we want the ones that lift up, you know, automatically and the stand up desks and everything, which <laughs> they're cool. And they definitely serve a purpose and standing up at your desk is can be so much better for your back. Um, but, you know, it went through 15 different people to try and figure out what standing desks we were going to buy or why the Ikea ones versus these ones and. Versus, well, these are more expensive, but look how nice they look and everything. And you're like, well, it nice is a perspective thing, you know? And then it became, right. So everyone's just been sitting with a laptop on their lap <laughs> in a chair for two weeks now. And so I went down and got uh, Ikea, no, Crate and Barrel 2, CB2, sells just butcher block tops, tabletops. I went in with the... I asked my boss if I could go and get them and I got four of the tabletops and then went to another place and got some legs. And in two days it all showed up because I couldn't carry it myself. And then I made tables and then everyone walked in that morning and they were like, Oh, we got tables. And I was like, yeah, at least for now, <laughs> you know, it's something because I like to work at a table like a real person. Yeah. And that ended up happening a handful of times. Not, not like I was some, you know, salvation for that, that company, but there were a lot of people that I don't know if it was as much the time thing like you Al, where, Oh, this is going to take seven months. I, I think deep seated, 
in that specific situation, I did get a little frustrated by how long things were taking, but it was just because there were too many people trying to make the cool decision that was going to be a long-lasting fixture or a long-lasting piece of furniture in that space. But we had already been talking about moving again. It was like, how about we just get the things? And then if we move again in a year, you know, we'll we'll look into some nicer things or maybe we can pay some people to come in here and do this. But it kept happening so regularly where I remember my favorite story about the second office that we were at, which that was after an investment firm helped out and then kicked our old CEO out and then hired a bunch of CE level people in and everything got weird. Um, for three days, no one was drinking water out of the refrigerator. That was a water dispenser because the filter was bad or like it wouldn't work. <laughs> and I remember moving in, we had a box of extra filters for that refrigerator. <laughs> and if you know these, how these refrigerators work, it's literally a plug and play. Yeah. Like you take yeah. it out, put the new one in, boop. And <laughs> everything in the refrigerator goes, Oh, we have a new filter. Great. Good for filtered water again. Oh, it took 30 seconds. And I remember going, why didn't anyone switch the thing out? And they go, Oh, we had a, uh, rabbit what's the there's some service in new york city something rabbit where you can like hire in a handyman for a specific job task rabbit they actually hired a task rabbit and you have to like it's like three days that somebody will come <laughs> in you have to schedule them and you pay them which is cool you know it's like offering work to to trace yeah. people that might have just more freelance work but it was going to be three days and they go oh we had to cancel the task rabbiter I was like, why? And they're like, because he was coming to change the filter. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? So, so uh, that's not to look down necessarily in, in a negative way. You know, a lot of that is just knowledge yeah. and the naivety of people. Like they didn't, they just didn't know that it was that easy. But when it comes to doing the job yourself, I, I think some of the attitude that a lot of our group and a lot of makers in general have it's not so much the ownership aspect as it as it is the um the the wanting to constantly gain knowledge or solve those little problems problem solvers yeah. right it's a bunch of people wanting to solve the problem is that piece of furniture too expensive how can you make it for cheaper yeah. or is that thing falling apart that you bought from ikea how can you fix it maybe you can learn something along the way there's a responsibility both ways there's a re there's a really good video from uh, from andy mack where he talks about like uh, buy or build or whatever, and he's explaining why his furniture is more expensive than IKEA furniture. <laughs> and he basically just like completely prices himself out the market and says, "There's absolutely no way I'm going to make this bookshelf for you because you can get it yeah. for forty quid from IKEA. And if I was to make it exactly the same way to the same standards, it would cost you like eight hundred quid." <laughs> <laughs> and that's before he even like makes a profit on it. And, and yeah. he was he was basically doing the opposite. He was saying like, "I have a responsibility." If I, to to not do it my way, and he, he was wholeheartedly saying, "You're better off just going to IKEA." <laughs> yeah, um, because in that instance, like, yes, it would be lovely that he did it himself. To Steve's point, it it's nice because you have ownership of it, and and you know, it's it's my I made it my bookshelf. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> um, but the the fact is, it was like everything about it was um, completely pointing to to not doing it yourself. And I think that's yeah. that's a really important question. I was. I just want to talk about like economy because one of the one of the reasons, especially at work, a lot of the reasons why I do things myself is because if I have to delegate, like delegation is a great skill and it's really important and it's a fantastic part of like being an adult and growing up and, and passing on the batons and stuff. But if you have to take longer to show someone how to do something, a one-off, I don't mean like teaching someone how to use a lathe, I just mean yeah. like a one-off thing it's just complete false economy and you might as well just do it yourself. It's so, yeah. so, so many times I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll do it. Like I know where the files are. I know where to do it. And it, it's just, it's going to be harder, longer, more expensive if I show someone else and it's not going to benefit them. They're not going to learn a new skill from me teaching them to do it. It's not like, the, Oh, passing on the baton. It's absolutely not that at all. It's just like, there's, there's, a, there's an economy thing where doing it yourself is not a matter of pride or impatience. It's just, it will, every single way it would be better if I do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it might not be more beautiful, you know, if we're talking about creative things, but if it's just a practical thing, you know, like I will put that up there because I'm taller than you and I'll just put it on the shelf. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to go and get a chair and then fall off and then hurt yourself and then drop it. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you just sometimes have to be, it's like triage. You know, you've just got to yeah. be practical in, in situations like that. And <clears throat> I'm joking aside, I'm quite good at being practical <laughs> and pragmatic um, yeah. and just and just judging a situation and going, you know what, I'll just do it my fucking self. Like, it, it, it's easier, it's quicker. Um, it's the same with the fence. It's like, I'll just do it myself. Yeah, like if I have to wait another two years <laughs> for for yeah. my landlady to complain about five hundred quid, you know, it's just like you know what, I'm not bothered. Yeah, I I'll think give, I'll happily give up a Saturday. <laughs> I think the 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 way that you put it there is is the the ideal uh, way of doing it. Like if it's if it's more pragmatic, just do it yourself and yeah. crack on with it. Then you'd be daft not to. Um, and that's that was one of the things that we were. Um, in one of my old jobs uh, when I was doing development work, something that was constantly kind of um, preached is pragmatism. Like just, just do what makes the most sense. Yeah. Like, and, and sometimes that was just a case of just cracking on and doing it yourself. And when we were writing code, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were writing code, um, we always used to pair up and there was, uh, there was this thing about like the uh, the amount of keystrokes that you use. So you know, basically, yeah. you should be swapping the keyboard between uh, devs every couple of lines of code. Um, so it's not just one person typing it. Um, but there was uh, there was a guy that I used to work with quite well, uh, quite a lot that was very very good with the the syntax side of things, yeah. but wasn't necessarily so good with the um, the conceptual sort of side of things. Whereas me, like I understood the principles. I understood like, oh yeah, we want to do this, this, and this, and this. But you actually to type it. I'm gonna go. Uh, how did you do that again? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go to Google a sec. And uh, whereas he'd be like, oh no, I can do that. And and it was fucking great. Like we like that. It works so much better as a team because it just made sense. That there was no point in me sitting there typing while he's going. Uh, not sure what we need to do. And I'm going. Uh, I'm not even sure how this fucking keyboard works. <laughs> And um, and yeah, so I think like being being pragmatic is is a very good reason for doing something yourself. Um, but from kind of another um, perspective, I I also don't like asking people to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Um, and and that goes even like when I was when I used to have staff working for me when I was running pubs, like there was. Um, there was quite a few jobs that I wouldn't ask other people to do. Like we, we had a, a, a pub in uh, Warsaw and end of the night, every night, one of the, um, one of the toilet roll dispensers was broke and the, the company that owned the pub wouldn't pay to have a like new dispenser sent out. Um, or it, I think it was going to, they would, but it would take like six months. No so way. for like three weeks in a row, um, people were essentially stealing blue roll from uh, the toilet attendant and uh, blue roll is free you don't steal blue roll if blue roll is there it's there to be taken that's, that's, everybody knows that steve yeah <laughs> everyone that's uh, ever worked in catering knows that blue roll yeah. is actually it's just it's like air yeah and uh but, but anyway so they'd use it but as you probably know blue roll doesn't um break up very easily so every friday or thursday friday saturday night oh, yeah. the it's not for toilets. Yeah, the the <laughs> toilet would be stacked high. Oh, and and there was no way that I was going to ask any of the other staff to to deal with that. So every weekend I went and I I dealt with that because it, it was so much easier for me to do it than to worry about asking anyone else to to do it because it's going to take me five minutes. Did they have one of those big industrial like soup blenders in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Turbo chef, you know. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they were um, downgraded to a slap chop. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So like, that I I wouldn't ever ask um, any of the staff to do that, and and I just crack on and do it, and and I think that kind of goes with a lot crack of other on. stuff as well. <laughs> uh, I, I I wouldn't ask someone to to do something that I wasn't willing to do, um, which is why if if I'm ever in a situation where there's a load of jobs to do. I'll always end up going for the shittiest job. Pun not intended. Mm. I was about and, to go uh, there. <laughs> and like, if, you know, if, 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 if we're, if I'm uh, with a group of people and we're all moving a load of stuff, I'll always go straight to the heaviest 
box, not as a I want to prove how manly I am. Oh, really? Because you did that with the propane tanks here. Yeah, you are, you're a fucking martyr, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but no, that's what I mean. It's like, I'm not going to go for it because it's like, I, I will dick around when I'm with friends, but I I will tend to go for the, the, the biggest thing, the worst thing, whatever, because I don't want anybody else to be doing that if I'm not willing to do it. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of, for me, one of the big reasons why I end up doing stuff uh myself rather than letting other people do it or asking other people to do it yeah i think there's also a degree of trust that comes with that though when you're when you're asking somebody else to do something either with or for you you know there there's a certain degree of responsibility that has to be taken for you delegating like like al said i love the way that you brought that up al because i think delegation is something that's been downgraded or or has a tendency to be kind of thrown around as if this is necessary delegation versus uh, if you ever work with somebody or have a boss that is really good at delegating tasks, it's very easy to work with those people and they have a very directed vision. Priorities are in order. You know, the list is, is down, everything. That kind of execution is awesome. If you can walk into a job and you go, here's the five things we have to do. This is priority one. But you know, you know, you know who you're working with. Like, yes, the, the the key to delegation is understanding your 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 colleagues or your your friends or whatever, because you can go. I know Jess might not be able to lift that gas canister, but she'll sure as hell work out a way to roll it around, and she'll get there eventually. Yeah. You know, so it's like understanding people's skill sets is a fantastic way to, of getting other people to do work. But when strangers are involved, you're like. Is it just blind fucking faith that I trust these people to do this thing? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it's it's difficult. It's difficult because, and and I'm speaking specifically about the last month, I've had, uh, I've had enough stuff to do and we actually had a few guys volunteer and I've, I've had a couple of local guys come in and help me move some stuff around because they were nice enough to come in and, and assist because moving, you know, 2000 pound machinery sucks. (laughs) Um, But it's been really interesting because, those a few of the guys that were up here a week or two ago, like Chris came up, you know, last weekend, um, and a, f- a handful of other guys came around and they gave everything that they could give. Like they have lives and they have jobs and they were also traveling in a few hours at a time. And um, I trust them basically because Jimmy trusts them and they did a decent job, you know, in the time allotted. We, we got a lot done. Um, with Chris here, it was great. I didn't even nearly have to look at him. He was just like, right, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Nailed down five or six things. And it's like, cool. And then just like three hours later, stuff was done. Um, when it's been here, when I've been here by myself, trying to get some of the metal area done or trying to, you know, sort the shop out a little bit better because it, it got a little out of sorts before Jim left town. Um, that trust all falls on yourself for the most part. I had I had people that were uh willing to help if they had the available time right that that's a big kicker is everyone i think at a certain point wants to be able to help or offer assistance because because it's for the greater good um great but the the time is not always available so then you can't become so reliant on the other people that you stop yourself from getting the work done yeah but at the same time you get you can get a little salty and just go man if I just had like two or three more people that I could trust, this would just be going so much better. <laughs> yeah. And and that's not to to that's not in any way to be uh, degrading to the people that have offered help or or to say that we didn't get enough done by my standards. It's more just like I've, I've yeah. never been I've never been in a situation where somebody was undertaking a task and I'd go up and say I'm just going to do it myself. Like yeah. if that was happening, I'd be like, right, let's work on this together and let's work out a better way to do this or a quicker way to do this or a safer, funnier, tastier way to do this, whatever, you know, like um, I would never stop that process because I think that's a healthy process and it's it's learning. And if you can do it together and help someone understand that there's a better way to do this, absolutely. I'm My, my experience of, of, of fuck it, do it yourself is always like before the event. It's never during. You know, yeah. unless someone's like really like in danger, like on um, the workshop the other week when we, we were um, the guys were doing the zombie apocalypse thing, um, there was a couple of times where I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, stop doing that!" 
you clearly yeah. do not know how to use that. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've got an hour. I'm not going to go through, uh, teach you how to use these tools in an hour. Like if you, you told me you knew how to use them, <laughs> you lied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll help you and we can, we can build it together. But yeah, that, yeah. I, yeah. only, only when safety comes in, would I ever like go, I'm doing it myself. If somebody's actually doing the task and you realize, Oh fuck, they're taking ages or they're doing it wrong or they're wasting yeah. those material. You'd be like, that's when I'm willing to like, you know, absolutely invest time, stay late, go the extra mile and go, yeah. let's work on this together. You know, let's, what are you doing tonight? Let's stay behind and, and talk about this. And, and and then maybe tomorrow, you know, I can trust you to get on with it. Yeah. Because I think um, to kind of um, go on from that a little bit, like when we're doing the courses, there's obviously, there's certain bits of equipment that we just do not let the students use for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, and and so that's like you say that that's all pre-event and it's very very rare that someone will be doing something where we'll have to kind of jump in and be like no let me do that and like we we will quite happily let someone burn a piece of stock so that they can learn the lesson um <laughs> yeah you will and uh, and but it, like i and, wonder and, my fucking knife is so <laughs> short <laughs> 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 but, i can yeah, make a nail in one minute <laughs> but uh but yeah like we'll, we'll we'll let someone like we'll we'll let people do that um on like the axe horses and things like that we'll be a little bit more careful and a bit more like just keep an eye on the heat and, and all that because obviously they've only got one bit of stock um and but yeah you know, we we very very rarely jump in and and actually strike for people like occasionally we might go in and just like let me just quickly tweak that um but that's just if if it's a case of like we've tried explaining a technique to them and they've just not got it or there's a there's a couple of little bits where it's it is just easier like if if they're doing a square taper for example and it starts to twist and it goes to a diamond it's so much easier for me to just jump in and go right okay one heat bang 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 and get it back to a square rather than trying to explain the the constant moving that's not enough bangs to get it back to square you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like, ra rather than trying to explain like the the specific technique for going back and all this, we just jump in and right, okay, I'll get back to square. Then you carry on. Um, and it's like with the axe courses, if if a few students are a little bit further behind, then yeah, we'll go in with a sledgehammer and just strike for them for five minutes. But but we tend to let them lead where we're striking. So like, right, okay, where do you want me to hit? Okay, right, I'll go bang, 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 and and kind of push them on like that but i've I, i've been on a couple of courses uh before and i've i've seen um other i've seen it with other um people that are teaching courses and i've had students say um to us about it the fact that there are a lot of um people that run courses that will see that you're like that you know they they want to get home for dinner or whatever and they're going oh, well, oh you're just not getting I'll, I'll just jump in and i'll do it and i think that is definitely not yeah. the time to do it well, yourself well, there's no point why are they there if you're just gonna yeah do it. exactly yeah. but I th on the flip side of that i think there's um yeah there's time to jump in but the, like i learned more i learned more from watching alex than if alex yeah. was like telling me what to do while i was doing it yeah so like him doing it himself absolutely it worked as a teaching method yeah absolutely worked um and i think yeah i think that's a really good point um there's one there's one side of it that that for me is really important and it's like necessity like i have to do a lot of things myself just out of pure necessity because <laughs> like either i don't have time or i don't have money or i'm on my own um, yeah. and so things like fixing my car so like well, I talked about the um, in the snow the other day when someone hit me in the in the car and I had to fix the the front the front quarter. Like, I I went to get a quote and I just couldn't afford it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, if I if I you know if I want to sell this car, it needs to look okay. Yeah. I need to fix it myself. So I went and spent 15 bucks on a, a, a rattle can, um, and and did it myself. Did all the filling and stuff. Yeah, it was it was it was fun and I learned a new skill, but I had to do it myself because yeah. I didn't have the three you know because the whole it wasn't just that panel you have to take the whole front bumper off it's all one piece you know that would have to be replaced you couldn't just fill yeah. it it's all plastic um and then that would have to be sprayed because you can't get the specific fucking color anymore because it's an mm -hmm. old model of honda blah 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 blah. um so that was absolute necessity like i had to i had to do that and same with them um, 
fixing cars in the past. You know, Steve, you've got a Landy. You know, I, <laughs> I was waiting be, for that. <laughs> partly because you fucking love Land Rovers, um, but you can fix everything yourself. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can, like you said, you can you can be stuck in the middle of um, tree tunnel heaven, uh, <laughs> and with a with a, with a socket set yeah. and a hammer, yeah. you can print in some duct tape. You can pretty much get home. Yeah, that's the thing, and that that's that's I, I was going to actually say like that's why I've got the Land Rover because I I've got a very basic tool set in the Landy, and I know that I can always do enough to get home. Yeah, but I think I think that just on that point, that the, the kind of reason I'm talking about cars, the whole um, the whole do it yourself thing, um, is 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 slowly kind of getting further away because now I open up a car bonnet and I don't know what's going yeah. on under there. You know, it's it, it's like a laptop, yeah. um, and it, that's deliberate. You know, yeah. it's deliberately made that way so that you can't do things. You know, <laughs> I couldn't just replace a fuse when I couldn't get in my boot because the whole fuse box is integrated. Yeah, you know, and, oh and it was it wasn't just the relay for the boot because that would have been easy because that would have been on the fucking lock of the boot. No, it's all integrated into one sealed fuse box. Got to spend nine hundred quid to replace the whole thing because you can't repair it. And yeah. it's it's deliberately made that way because they, they just want people to buy a new car every three years because it's all finance, you know. So um, it was a really interesting point someone brought up, actually. Uh, they wanted to talk about it as a, a topic for the show, and it was um, right to repair. Yes. Which I, I, yes. I, got the, I got the impression was a like a U.S. law or legislation, at least in some states, where you have the right to repair something as, as a consumer, um, yeah. which... I think is fucking amazing and, and mm-hmm. should be fundamental yeah. to, to to consumers and, and people who spend money on things. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting side of like, you know, having to basically having to do it yourself because if you have no other option. Yeah, because I think I think the the right to repair was I I read about a little bit about it the other day because I think it was going through the uh, the EU a little while back. Yeah. But but yeah, basically like like you say, cars and so much technology nowadays is um is built to built to not last and built to be um to be completely unfixable so that you know like you say you you have to buy a new one and and i think that's why you get a lot of people that have an affinity for for older cars for older tools for older products because they're they're maintainable whereas a lot of the modern stuff just isn't and again that comes back to the whole part of, of being a maker and I mean, even even down to like um, a Mac. Yeah. So like I've got, I've, I'm like a total Mac whore. Like I hate Apple as a brand, but they used to make really good computers. <laughs> I've got like I've got a, an old school like Mac Pro G5. Well, actually, I took that part and made the radio out of it. Yeah. Um, I've got a Mac Mini. I've got an iMac. I've got a MacBook. Um, and my MacBook's from 2009, and. It was only like a couple of years after after that that they stopped making good computers. Yeah, and you, and, and basically they took away the um, expandability of, of of the the MacBooks, so you couldn't update the RAM, you couldn't update the hard drive, you couldn't get yeah. into it, you couldn't swap the battery out. You know, so battery and this went years ago. I'd be fucked if I couldn't get into it now. Yeah, um, and same with the iMacs, like like one of the last models where you could actually <laughs> take the screen off, put in an, put in an SSD, which is a lifesaver in yeah. an old computer like absolutely breath of fresh air yeah um but they deliberately have made it now that you can't do that anymore because they want to make consumer electronics exp- uh, disposable yeah. essentially um so not being able to do th- something as simple as that breathing a, a breath of fresh air into a computer um which obviously you know you can do with pcs and have been able to do for years um yeah that right to kind of not tinker, not fuck around with things. Like I think, I think there's a there's a level of like corporate responsibility where you you know you you, sh- yeah. you shouldn't let people, you know. I don't, I don't think Tesla's going to let anyone like <laughs> have a, have a play with their self driving cars. Yeah, <laughs> take a look at the fuel cell. We put a couple screws on the side. Yeah. Just, to- <laughs> oh, sorry, just yeah, they're not exp- they're not explosive in the slightest. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but like so, yes, absolutely. There's there's a, this is social and corporate responsibility, but. There's also a side of where if you just want to keep using your fucking computer and they don't want you to, that's yeah. like criminal. Yeah. yeah, I, Steve, you've been holding on. Sorry, I was about to. Jump no, no, in. no, no, no. I, you, you go. I was going to talk about phone charges, so you carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I, I think this idea of uh, the right to repair or or the do-it-yourself stuff. 
it feeds into again i'm just going to bring up this example of what's been going on around here but when we were working on the barn um at one point i think we had five guys in the barn burgers half 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 were hanging uh the remaining insulation the other half were building the tables one of the guys was putting together the grinders that we had Ameribraid makes these belt grinders that come in it's a motor these happen to have the variable speed drive on them and then the frame and it's a couple of bolt-on wheels and everything as far as i'm concerned everybody stood around for about was and how absolutely uh like interchangeable all the parts and the real knobs that are on it al the real knobs for all the adjustments (laughs) and stuff they're very standard threading everything is customizable if you really wanted to they sell you a frame that basically does there's there's four or five moving parts that you don't really need to touch everything else you could just absolutely go nuts with yeah. and we were all looking at it just going oh this is just this group whoa if you wanted to put a really crazy big flat block you could you could just do this and then you just weld this thing on there it was the first piece of equipment that i've actually seen everybody just kind of <laughs> stop and look at <laughs> and go oh my god they are people making good tools again? <laughs> it turns out I talked to Eric, the guy who's our contact over there. Uh, most of the people at that company that are taking over or that are starting to come up in the ranks at that company, they're all young folks that actually use a lot of the products. And I think the, I don't know that there's any kind of right to repair or uh, feel free to customize the hell out of this machine, but their attitude is so much different. Um, when they were when they were chatting with us about how to construct them or oh you could use this wheel or if you want to totally mix stuff up it's all the same bolts so just like do whatever you want <laughs> and it was the first time i feel like i've heard that in a really long time so not only are we like building out the shop space ourselves and building our own tables and building all these things that we're trying to you know they're knockdowns they're they're meant to be movable and and customizable and everything for these specific workshops and then it turns out the one piece of equipment that i was really concerned with like oh we're gonna have to specifically build the rest of the shop around these things at least for this one class yeah ended up being something that was surprisingly diy and surprisingly like repairable it seems like aside from the motor everything seems like you could take it apart and fix it yeah that's awesome nice and i think to be fair there, there is kind of a a bit of a resurgence of that. I, I I think it might be more kind of the the small scale stuff where it's um, like mom and pop shops and and startup companies where they're making stuff that that they're proud of and because they're proud of it, they want it to last for years and years and years. They, and they don't want to sell you a new model every two years. They want you to use that for the rest of your life and to recommend it to all their friends so that everyone's then using that. That item, that tool, that whatever. Yeah, there's there's and, no there's no like um problem with Le Creuset pans. It's like, yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you will you will be giving to this someone to someone when you die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the thing, I, and I I do I think like more and more people are kind of starting to see that actually. And don't get me wrong, there there is a place for disposable stuff, but I think we've 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 gone well beyond that, and it's it's really good to see that. That those companies are starting to crop up and they are starting to take that kind of that responsibility back um and and that kind of that attitude of uh, not necessarily make do men but but we want to make this repairable and maintainable um i think that whole attitude is it's fucking spiffing So I'm going to go first this week because we're doing Sab. Uh, and I am going to spiff someone that has absolutely nothing to do with what we've been talking about. Um, uh, basically, a few years ago, I bought a book called Atlas Obscura. And uh, it was it, that was a very weird look from Brett. Uh, and it's a really interesting book about lots of really obscure, bizarre places and things that exist uh in the world and because i've been uh working from home this shift i've watched a lot of random shit on youtube 
and uh, they do like three to five minute videos on all these weird and wonderful places. Um, and basically, it's one of the the co-founders of the company just went, ah, fuck it, I'm going to do some videos on all these weird places that we found. And um, and yeah, they're just really cool, really interesting little things, uh, little, little short videos about... Vignettes. Yes, bam. Uh, about <laughs> random places. And it's just quite fun and interesting. That was it. That was very cool. I like it. I want to see, I want to see it. I want yeah. links in the shows. I will put links in the so shows. In just about 18 months. I'll... Yeah, I'll last week's are in there. The weeks before might not be. Put the Atlas Obscura website up as well, because yes. then people can find anything that's near them when they're traveling and explore. Because, yeah. oh my God, it's yes. really good. Plus, they give you all the notes and say, like, what to expect if it's illegal to go there or trespassing yeah. or if there's cops yeah. or if it's totally safe. So yeah. you can gauge your level of adventure. Yeah, you know. it's really cool. Because I, I think one of the, the one of the ones I watched today was about the, uh, which I've, I've heard about before, but the the Buxton Blue Pool, um, mm. which is basically an abandoned like limestone mine in uh, north of England. And no looked... sheep till. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks like really nice and crystal clear waters, and it's actually just it's like the pH level of ammonia, and it's horrible and full of disease and shit <laughs> and you don't want to swim in it and people swim in it because it's yeah and Beautiful. so yeah anyway it's really really cool go check that out al you're next yes i would like to spiff dan the maker man because Yay. it was because he's great in general um but it was also him that uh reached out to me about the whole um right to repair thing oh, and nice. i think i think Although that kind of snuck into this episode, I think it would make probably a quite a good episode in its own right. I think it's a Definitely. really good conversation about um, what, not just us as makers, but like people, society, what, yeah, where the line is drawn between us being like just controlled and manipulated and where we actually have a say in the things that we're allowed to do and like, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to customize this? Can I make this my own? If yeah. it breaks, am I just bound by, you know, the, uh, the, the two hour shelf life of this mobile phone um so yeah really good topic from dan um we touched on it today but i think we could maybe expand on that in a future episode definitely that's a good shout. in a future future episode future brett what about you yeah uh i i'm gonna pick a podcast again because it's not really super on topic <laughs> um, but I've listened to, I think I've listened to every episode now, <laughs> uh, being in a shop by yourself allows a lot of listening time. It is called the allusionist. Al, your name's <laughs> in that. Get it. I hate uh, the allusionist with Helen Saltzman. She has an amazing voice just to listen to in general. If you're as fascinated with accents and the, the way people talk, cloud. right. But, uh, it is a show analyzing and discussing language and nice. accents and variations therein. And oh, it, the fucking the thumbnail is boggle. Get <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. It's seriously I'm already sold. It, is, it yeah. is super educational. And if if you consider yourself somebody that either I, I'm listening to it specifically because one, the storytelling is really great, but two, it, it honestly is helping me with just thinking about what I say and the words that I use and how I use them and learning more about the, you know, the origins of how this all came together and why certain people talk one way and slang and all, every episode has something to learn. And it's been really awesome to listen to. So it, I, but from, I was going to ask if it was etymology as well, but from what you just said, it sounds like it is. It's not just, um, like, no, it's everything. That's fucking awesome. Everything it's, about language. It's fantastic. It. I'm going to be binging that next week. Yeah, I absolutely destroyed all of it in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. I Like, I'm done. I listened to... Atlas Obscura is basically lore, Steve. Yeah. Um. So between lore, Cabinet of Curiosities, and Illusionist, <laughs> I think I'm caught up. <laughs> Having never listened to them before, that's a few hundred episodes in there, but... Uh, yes, the illusionist. It's really, really good. 
The first, listen to it. the first episode is called Ban the Pun, so I may have to not listen to the first episode. <laughs> uh, that's, that has... Who's the guy that took over for Stephen Colbert? Englishman. No? Uh, okay, wow, that dropped in quick. Thank you. I don't know what you said. <laughs> yeah. Not the guy that took over for Stephen Colbert. Shit, he was a reporter. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> No, let, let's pause on this awkward moment instead. Yeah. Stephen Coldbear, the, the, the <laughs> notorious uh, frosty, <laughs> frosty grizzly we all know and love from uh, Alabama News. Uh, so, any other business? I had some, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, I want to hear yeah. about You've this other business. It was. Oh yeah, um, there we go. <laughs> Call back. We love we love Fuck we yeah. love a, a we love in a robber a robberous episode. Um, going, going back to the the initial kitchen story, I also have another kitchen story about doing it yourself. Um, it was when uh, my friend and I were setting up uh, our restaurant, and he was the bar manager and I was the the chef. Um, and we found this old abandoned place, and we were doing it up. The builders were in, blah, 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 and again, they turned out to be cowboys. I'm sure there are nice builders out there. I know Fill Your Pockets is a lovely builder, and I'm <laughs> sure there's other lovely builders who listen to this show, but I'm 35 years old, and every builder I've experienced is a fucking arsehole. Um, <laughs> and either doesn't finish the job or runs off uh, with the money and doesn't do anything. Um, but yeah, essentially, these these guys just basically upped and fucked off halfway through the job, didn't finish it. Um, so me and my mate ended up building this restaurant, and it was great. Uh, and not only was it fun just to like, you know, get a big industrial sander and you know strip back hardwood flooring and yeah. um, glaze windows and stuff. It was it was a nice experience, but it also meant that I could um, completely plan the kitchen however I wanted it. Um, and it, it ended up actually because they hadn't even fucking put the, the stud walls in um, that I ended up with an open plan kitchen. And nice. it, was one of the, it was one of the best things ever because basically it meant it was only me in there um, and it meant that all the customers could see that it was only me in there and they yeah. could see me cooking their food and, they, and it was really nice experience. And it was, it was less of the kind of... I just imagine of, everybody walks in, you're just like, hi! <laughs> Give a nice little wave. Hi! <laughs> and it was, um, it was a totally different experience. I've never experienced like that. Occasionally you get kind of like the, the, the little like window that you can see through yeah. and you, the, the kind of service counter. But this was completely open plan and, and um, had conversations awesome. with people, telling me how they wanted their food cooked and talking about ingredients. You know, if the waitress didn't necessarily know what was on the special of the day, it'd be like, I was going to ask chef, you know. Um, and it was fantastic. And uh, every, basically everything I could, like, I'm sure people that, that fit shops and kitchens know what they're doing, but they're not chefs. Yeah. So for a chef himself to do it, meant a completely it was a completely different ball game because I could have everything exactly the height I wanted and I knew that I'd slide this over here so that would be this distance from the the, the yeah. fryer and the grill and it was just like yeah, this is fucking amazing you know if you yeah. if you're building your own kitchen it was the same thing but in a commercial venture and it was well, yeah, so saying at your own workshop. Exactly. But with food. With, no because when I set <laughs> when, when I set up my workshop I had no idea what I was using it for. Well, when yeah. I set up the kitchen I had absolutely fucking to the yeah. minute detail I knew what I, I knew where that sauce was going to go there I knew where the, the bamery was going to go there you know and it yeah. was it was great and it was just one of those nice sort of silver linings where I had to do it myself again out of necessity because the guys fucked off and took the money um so there was no budget left <laughs> um so we literally we we just we just delayed the opening and just just finished it ourselves so like yeah. you know learn tiling um and all this stuff like trimming like aluminium siding and stuff it was fantastic um but yeah real real um fun way to kind of to to, to kick off a a really exciting venture yeah but i had to do it myself it's fucking great i love it <laughs> uh i'm i'm glad we remembered to stop for that um, <laughs> little interlude there uh, there is actually quite a fun, interesting side story involving gangsters and axes, but I probably shouldn't bring it up because it might get a bit dodgy. <laughs> we, we'll talk about that afterwards then. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you uh, if you want to get hold of us, I'm assuming there wasn't any other, any other business. No, uh, go to fucking Make Essential. If you haven't got your tickets now... Uh, sort your fucking act out. Yeah, sort sort your life out. Um, there's no fucking hotel room. Get a hotel room. There aren't in, any. The, well, I've got a spare bed. Um, 
<laughs> oh, have you? Do you want to? Do you want to put up uh, either Al or um, Joe? Joe. Yes. Why are we talking about this right now? <laughs> this is weird. Any other business? Yeah. Choose. Uh, choose one. Choose uh, one of your kids to die. Al. Al and Al. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. So if you want to get hold of us, uh, you can find us uh, on all the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Matterworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Fenster! <laughs> uh, and if you want to get hold of us as a trio, you can find us at FWT Podcast on Instagram or fwtpodcast.com for the show notes and links and all that lovely stuff. And we're on Facebook. The Facebook group is on Facebook. Uh, nice. <laughs> Cough. Uh, why do I always fuck that, that up? I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're there. Go check it out. It's it's great. There's some lovely people in there. Uh, right. Uh, I think that's it. So see you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Uh, so gangsters. Yeah, turn off the recording. <laughs>